Welcome to Oaken Bros. This is Eric. And I'm Michael. Today we have on George Anderson, the world's most scientifically tested medium and best-selling author. Before we start with the questions, because I know Michael wants to jump right in, I just want to say we've been going to George for many, many years, our entire family, and he has helped us so much navigate turbulent times, connect with our loved ones. And I've always we've always said there's life before George and there's life after George. Um, before you get a reading with before George. you get a reading from George. Um, so we just wanted to thank you for being a part of our lives and um, making the time to uh, always read us. Thank you. It's been my pleasure, except I'm just the instrument. No, we know that, but it's it, you're so you're so dead on. No pun intended, George. Um, in November 2019, my wife and I came to do a reading with you. And I'm going to read you exactly what you said in 2019 and 2020. In November 2019, you read this verb. You said this to my wife and I verbatim. I've been hearing this a lot. Not that anything personally will happen, but brace yourselves for next year. It will be turbulent. He, meaning my father who passed, doesn't mean personally, politically, countrywise, worldwise. He's about the 15th soul that cautioned us about that. It will be a very turbulent up and down year. Just wants to make sure either of you don't take it, you or your family, that it's affecting you on a singular level. It's going to be a shithole here. In the U.S., the world, it's going to be a shithole. Have have you heard that multiple times from different souls in, in 2019 about this partic particular year? Yeah, it was. I believe the first time I heard it, if I'm not mistaken, was September 2019. A woman had come and her father came through and he had passed on. And he said that, you know, brace yourself for 2020. It was going to be a mess, natural disasters, uh, earthquakes, politics, health-wise. I remember he swept his hand like this in front of me and said, across the board, everything you could think of. And I thought to myself, well, I don't want to say that to her, you know, that, you know, she would take it maybe affecting her. And he said, no, he says, it's, it, you're all going to be affected. Wow. And he said he was glad he was over there because he wouldn't be, they wouldn't be affected by it at all naturally. So that was the first time I gave it out and I had forgotten about it. And then afterwards, people who were coming to me for sessions, um, I was hearing it again and again and again, and it intensified more this year. Um, there were things that they were telling me that unfortunately I can't share with everybody. I can't of course. share publicly. Of course. Um, but they were telling me, and all I thought is, what the hell is going to happen? And if you recall, we certainly have had, we've had the pandemic, number one. So many thousands have lost their lives. Um, people certainly in grief as they had, as, as they had uh, mentioned. You know, we've had numerous earthquakes. I think we just had one the other day in Turkey or Turkey mm -hmm. and Greece or something. And as the year began, they started um, from over there, they started emphasizing that, you know, a full force hasn't even started yet. And I was like, oh no. Um, 
but they did say that 2021, they didn't say it was going to be a banner year, but they did say it was going to be more hopeful. Okay. And more quieted down and more soothing. But they said for us in the U.S., they said, you know, the political scene was just going to be a disaster area, which I think it has been. Yeah. And, uh, you know, then other people's mothers or fathers or souls that had passed on, some of them really would get into it. And um, did they ever say it was a pandemic? Did you ever hear the soul say it was going to be the virus? Um uh, no, all I recall is they said health situ uh, a health situation. Wow. And I think the reason why they didn't say pandemic is because as a bubblehead, I probably wouldn't have known what they were talking I would have said to myself, what the hell right. are they talking about? Right, right. And, you know, you say pandemic, you think of the bubonic plague or something and of course that happened centuries ago so i would think like you know they're off the wall over there right um so they never they just said health issues and they said for the world across the board and i just basically i really didn't understand what they were talking about but they didn't as far as i can recall they didn't use the word virus um uh, probably because i wouldn't have believed them Really? And they didn't use the word pandemic because I wouldn't have right. really comprehended. Like, what are you talking about? Right. Um, a good example to back up what I just said was, I remember these two, this family had come to me years ago and their daughter came through and she had passed away. And she said she had passed from drowning and, you know, they seemed to understand. So, okay, I kept going with it. And as it reached its peak, you know, it just said she had drowned and left it at that. And probably, again, because I wouldn't have believed her, uh, believed them, they had, afterwards, they told me that her and her sister were in Africa and they were going down some river or something or, you know, on a lake or whatever. Um, and I guess in Africa, you call them crocodiles had leapt into the uh, canoe and pulled the one sister out into oh the God. water. Oh my God. And, I know me, I wouldn't have believed it. I would have said, oh, this is horse manure. Right. And, but what intrigued me was why, I said, why didn't she mention the tragedy itself, what had happened? And then I realized crocodiles drown you before they eat you. Oh my God. And that's why she kept saying that the cause of her passing was from drowning. I just figured she had drowned in the ocean or something. Right. But when they told me that, I was taken aback. You know, I'm always hypercritical of the ability and cynical. And I said, why wasn't that mentioned? I, you know, that should have been said. But then I had to give myself the credit that, number one, I would not have believed it probably and said it was just horse manure. And secondly, 
something somebody from over there said to me, well, what happens when a crocodile snags you? You see it on the documentaries in Africa. The, they drown the animal first. Right. And then they eat it. And I'm like, oh, that's why she said that was the cause of her death, that she had drowned. That's crazy. So uh, just I, to hold on one second, Eric, because it, it coincides with what I said. In no, you said what you said in 2019, and then in June 2020, I had another reading with you, and you said, and this is coming from, it was also from my father and uh, someone else um, in my family, oh, no, not another one. The worst is yet to come. I've been hearing that lately. Make sure we understand they can't, they can see around the corner. She stated the same thing. There's not an easy, this is not an easy year from us, not from a religious standpoint. A year of great grace is not happy to hear it. The worst is yet to come. We're only in the sixth month. We have six months to go. We'll see when it comes to pass. Is, are we like, are we coming towards the end of the worst is yet to come? I think so. And of course, everything isn't written in stone, so to speak. It can alter, mm -hmm. but. You know, I don't want to make it sound like I'm picking on our own people, but, you know, Americans aren't the sharpest knives in the draw. And, um, I mean, I see them being interviewed by the media and that, and some of the dumbass things they say yeah, and believe in and feel. And I said, no wonder the world is in the disaster it is. Um, I was having a discussion with a female friend last night, and I still hold that, I said, all religions except Judaism are the world's troublemakers. <laughs> and the reason really? I said that Judaism is not is because Judaism doesn't proselytize. Right. They don't go around trying to get converts like all these sects of Christianity do and Islam and whatever. Right. So, and it just like cracked me up that when I said that, I said, gee, and it's funny, Jews are always the ones that are getting picked on, so to speak. And they're the right. ones that mind their own business. Right. That's great. Um, going back to, you know, I have a lot of questions about the afterlife. And I guess go goes into what Michael was talking about with kind of telling the future. Can can spirits see the future, or do they tell you like it is? Or... Well, they clearly can, Eric. I mean, they literally. Well, told... I want to hear from. I want to hear yeah. from George. Mike. Well, me. it does seem again. Uh, they can't predict one hundred years from now, but they do say they can see around the corner. But keep in mind, there's no conception of time there. So if they what does that say, mean? What does that mean? There's no conception of time. There's no time. It's you know, it's not like here where we look at the clock and say I have a twelve o'clock appointment. They just, um, it's a very pleasant existence. Thank heaven for those people who make it into the perpetual light. But it's um, no conception of time. So. They'll say to me they can see around the corner where I'll say this isn't happening on this coming Saturday. It's up ahead. But up ahead can mean, I say to people, three, maybe three, five years or within that time frame as we know it. But not 50 years from now. So is time happening all at once if there's no time? I like... really don't know. I still don't 
fully comprehend what they mean by that no conception of time. I'm I'm looking at it so logically, like right. you know, they don't have a clock to look at and say it's right. time for this. Um, yeah, they say there's no conception of time or space, and I don't understand that, but I think it means that that dimension that the non-physical dimension is infinite it's just endless so you said hold on mike because it brought up another question for me sure you said for people who make the perpetual light so there are souls that don't what happens to those souls uh that i've been finding out recently now you have to be a real sob to not get into the perpetual light um let's say Hitler didn't make it there. Stalin didn't make it there. And I'm sure there's plenty of figures here on the earth that are less well-known that didn't make it there. And they state um, somebody's relative had come through and said that they had welcomed uh, you know, an individual from the family who had passed on not that long ago. And they said to him, you know, that he was, he, he said, the soul said he was going to take them into the perpetual light. And he said, but we have to go through, uh, this is really like the first time I heard, well, maybe not the first time I've heard about it, but the first time I really paid attention to it. They said, we have to go through some, like one or two levels. And he said to his relation just you know for that you may want to close your eyes and then i'll tell you when to open them again and the reason he said that is because those lower levels they had to go through probably were not pleasant looking or inviting and he might have been afraid that the soul would think well, where are you taking me you know am i going to hell or something like this now these darker levels and again, this is all about people bring it on to themselves. Um, if you know you're a normal, average Joe and a nice guy and so forth, you certainly will go into the perpetual light. But because those levels are closest to our level, you would have to gravitate. Um, this could explain, they said, why certain souls people see ghosts, so to speak, um, because the soul, even though they've passed on, whether they know they've passed on or haven't passed on, they want to stay in the surroundings of what they feel comfortable with. Hence, um, you'll go into, um, say, an abandoned mental asylum, and there'll still be souls haunting it that died right. there and they don't want to move forward because they don't know what's going to happen or they're afraid they don't know what's going to happen but when uh so when somebody welcomes them they you know take them through and then they're in the perpetual light as they call it and you know very pleasant existence what i was pleased to Re, uh, hear from them is that that 
those dimensions in the perpetual light and higher are ruled by the natural law is only the highest and the best virtues that you can conceive. They refer to them as the uh, seven gifts of being brought up Catholic, this I understood, the Holy Ghost, mm -hmm. the seven gifts of the Holy Ghost. And um, I was very, I never heard that before. You know, again, being brought up in Catholic school, I knew what the seven gifts of the Holy Ghost were, but I didn't, never heard, we were never taught the seven fruits of the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. And naturally I went on Google and did go on eBay and Etsy and there's people that had made um, artistic like posters that with the listing of the seven fruits of the Holy Ghost. And when I read them, I was like, wow, this is great because this is what they're telling us is what we have to look forward to. All I ask here for us is that we just try to do the best we can. But the lower levels, they said, it's not fire and brimstone, like, you know, the evangelicals like to say, and they're too quick to, you know, make judgment like, well, he's going to hell, you know, because he didn't accept Jesus or something like this. And it's just silly. Um, these darker levels are actually very cold. They're darker because you pulled yourself away from the perpetual light um, by your deeds. They're also, it's also very damp and very gloomy. And you're surround, you're involved. You're there with people, souls who were exactly like you. And that in itself would probably probably be very disenchanting, even for someone. And they, I said in my mind, are these like people that would be considered sinners? And right. they said yes. Uh, a sinner is someone who loves evil, not does evil, loves mm. evil. Wow. And I said, aha. So, I mean, it could be, you know, Joe Blow and Mary Smith, you know, there for um, loving, doing evil ways or getting ahead in evil ways. I mean, look at politics, you know. This right. is a great example, right. but um, so that's that's refreshing to hear. So yeah, that all the, politicians are going to the dark, gloomy place. Well, is there not, not all of them? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It, is it, there um is there a other criteria than just loving evil? Like if if I cheated on my math exam in in high school, is that considered like in like what what's considered evil compared to? Yeah, another good question. It's always troubled me that. Um, and again, not trying to throw, I don't want anybody to think I'm throwing organized religion into this. No, not at all. But being brought up in Catholicism, many of these apparitions of the Blessed Mother, whoever she appeared to, uh, for example, uh, the apparition of Our Lady of Lourdes, um, one of the messages to St. Bernadette was pray for all sinners. And I thought to myself, why doesn't somebody ask her 
Well, actually, somebody did ask, that's where I got the quote from, that's where somebody did ask Bernadette, do you know what a sinner is? And she said, yes, a sinner is someone who loves evil, not does, loves. Mm -hmm. But I never could understand why they don't put the Blessed Mother on the spot and say, what is a sinner? Right. Lay it out for me. You know, I have to see it in black and white. I have to understand in that. But then you look around and you see somebody like a Stalin. Mm -hmm. You know, that what he did to the Ukrainians and what he did to the Russians and the gulags, the Bolsheviks, you know, massacring the royal family and so forth. Mm -hmm. These people, I would consider sinful um you know they just decided i guess that the czar wasn't a nice person even though they didn't know him from adam and you know decided to you know shoot him and his entire family and i mean i was looking at a picture of them online the other day and i said gee that you know like the four girls what did they do mm -hmm. they couldn't take the throne because in russia a woman couldn't take the throne and you know, even like the uh, the son of Louis the Sixteenth and Marie Antoinette, the little excuse me, the little Dauphin, that what he was put through, and I thought, what the hell did he? You know, he's eight years old, mm -hmm. and he didn't do anything. He didn't know any better, and so people can, again, what I would say, violate the fruits. Now that I understand them of the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost. Now, I know certain faiths, I do believe Judaism does not believe in the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost. Um, but I believe, you know, Christianity certainly does, all the sects do, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know about Islam, if they believe in the Holy Spirit or something, but apparently, it is something that does exist um, since I've become more devout with the Holy Spirit. Um, I do see it coming to people more frequently. Now, in religions, they portray it as a beautiful white dove, and it does come in the form of a dove in a white color that I can tell you right now, never seen on this planet in my life. But is it also because that's what I've been conditioned to think it's supposed mm -hmm. to look like? So I would imagine it's some sort of force. But, you know, when you mention, you know, you cheat on your math exam, that's not going to send you to the lower levels. You okay. Know, because Woo, if, okay. If you're in, if you're in, is there redemption? Or do you just. Oh, yeah. Take... That's the one thing, too. I'm glad you brought that up, Eric. Um, that door to getting into the light is never ever closed to anybody oh okay but somebody cannot do it for you now there are higher souls that at times have said they've gone down to the lower levels to try to you know reform them or redeem them or you know try to bring them into the perpetual light and some downright say you know don't waste your breath on me i'm not interested but the thing is they can redeem themselves if they sincerely want to and make amends 
for their unpleasant deeds here on the earth, especially towards other people. Um, for example, the other night on Netflix, there was a documentary about the, uh, what were they called again, Eisen group or something. There was a group of death squad Nazis, and especially in Eastern Europe, when they would go into the country, they would round up all the Jews or the, all the undesirables and just put them in pits and shoot them. You know, and they would make the mothers hold up the babies hold over their head so they could blow the baby's head off before they killed the mother. And I, I sat there aghast. I didn't know whether I didn't know what to think. Yeah. Because I couldn't picture that somebody would have no conscience in regard to that. Now, uh, don't mind me, my allergies going bananas today. Really oh, killing the eyes this year. No worries. Um but anyway. It just, you know, floored me that people um, don't think anything of it. And, you know, ha have they gone and tried to redeem Hitler? I haven't heard of it. But they, some of the souls in these darker levels, they claim have been there for centuries. Have you ever spoken to a famous soul like... I don't want to be like kind of shallow and go actors and actresses and celebrities, but like, have you ever heard from like George Washington or Abraham Lincoln or like, you know, like really, you know, big, big names in our, in our world? The only time I'd say that I would have, um, is if the individual that's receiving the session has connection with them, either as family or very close friend. I do remember years ago, and I mean years ago, a young lady who had come to me that um, President Buchanan had showed up. Wow. And he had been a distant relative of hers. Wow. But I think also the person would have to know that that's true. Right. Um, you know, like if uh, when I did that... Um, genealogy thing 23 and me i know it yeah. sounds like a, it sounds like a bad porno movie um, <laughs> but um i did that and it came up you know both branches of my family my mother's and my father's both branches started in east africa and then moved up you know into russia and poland and you know made their way up through Spain and out on my mother's side and ended up in England or Ireland or whatever. Right. Hence, you know, you can't get any whiter than me. And um, they, um, and then I thought of like, you know, the days of the slave trade. I mean, you could have been selling members of your own family into slavery right. and not realizing it. Um, I also had uh, heard that in India, it was the Brahmins who started that, I guess, essence of like white superiority, that the whiter you are, the more important you are. And I said, well, I, I know I pass, but um, <laughs> in any case, uh, they had um, somebody come to my house one day and were curious as to 
this bust I had and said, you know, oh, when did you pose for that? I said, what are you talking about? I didn't pose for that. I bought it, you know, from some Russian guy at a flea market in the city because it was a, um, a bust of the last czar of Russia. And he says, and that's when I had, you know, the dark beard and more hair. And, and he said, wow, because you and he look alike. Mm-hmm. And even now I do have a portrait of the czar hanging in the house. And I'll say to people, does he look like me? Do I look like him? And everybody says, yes. I'm like, I don't see it. But family had gone up through Russia on my father's side. If there is any um, connection, it would have to be very distant cousin because mm-hmm. I noticed um, my first cousin's presently i really don't see any resemblance among us but yet mm-hmm. the european cousins that would be like first cousins once removed or second or third cousins i can see definitely definitely resemblances um my aunt uh in ireland in 1920 i believe i have her profession day photograph when she became a sister of St. Louis the ninth. And people have made fun of me saying that it's me dressed up like a nun. I like, Oh my God. I said, that's not me dressed up like a nun. That's my (laughs) aunt. And they said, my God, though, the resemblance is incredible. The eyes, the eyebrows, the face, everything. Right. And I guess, you know, maybe I have more genetics from that side of the family. I'm presently waiting for another um, genetics uh, company that does it. Um, they go back like over 50 years. We and- did it too. Uh, just yeah. as a as side, as a reference of a side, our great-grandmother's first cousin was Hedy Lamar. So, wow. yeah, that's, I mean, so yes, we're kind of, Eric and I are have the same blood as Hedy Lamar, but... Um, as Go far ahead, as re- reincarnation, do you do you lead multiple lives, or is it or is our soul here and there at the same time, like, you know? Yeah, I see what you're saying. Good question. Um, like, in other words, do you mean could we live parallel lives? Like, you know, I know my father is is passed on now. But, you know, when does, you know, is he going to come and give it another go? Is he right? Is he going to be like a fly on the wall? Yeah. You know, or, or is he going to be born as a, you know, as a, as a girl or, you know, like, like, do you, do you choose to come back or, you know, is it one and done or like, how, how does that whole process work? Well, they have given me the impression that we do make the decision of, whether or not we desire to come back. The only thing they have said is that you don't come back as an animal. You come back always as a human. You may come back uh, gender-wise as male or female, um, a different race, different nationality, different belief system, whatever. And I do feel that that's correct only because you couldn't possibly learn everything in one lifetime right here. You'd have to have had other lifetimes. 
And now the belief in reincarnation was accepted by the church centuries ago. And they then I heard they dismantled it because they didn't want people thinking, well, I can live it up in this life and I'll pay it back the next time with interest. And um, that, so to speak, is not the case. It's, mm -hmm. you know, so they, this is it. Um, it just makes more sense to me that we've been here more than once. Uh, why are we attracted to certain things? Um, why do you meet somebody where you feel an instant attraction or affiliation with? And yet other people, you kind of like, they just give you the, the creepers and, you know, you keep your distance or, um, you know, where like, you know, genes, can they dictate how long you live? I mean, there's so much that has been undiscovered. Right. And um, I've had women who have come to me that they had an abortion performed. And this, I'd say that there was a loss of a child by, before birth. And many times they deny it, you know, out of embarrassment. I don't give a hoot, it's none of my business. Right. And, um, but the soul will say, I'm coming back at a later time when I know it'll be comfortable for me to come through. Hi, honey, the cat, you know, she must have heard me talking. So she knows <laughs> there's something where she wants to be on camera. But, um, George, can so, your skill, can your skill be learned? Can your, can your, can, can, or like, were you born with this? I would have to say, um, come on. She, she could join us. He or she, 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 yeah, she could join us. Um, she's dying to, I can tell. No, it's good. Uh, it's good energy. Yeah, exactly. I, in my case, I do think, um, born with it. Yes. And I don't say that out of conceit. I don't think I could teach somebody how to do it. There might be somebody out there who feels, oh yeah, you can, but, um, I disagree with it because I'm still learning. Each session I do is different and there's something new in each session. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I guess the big mistake I am making is <clears throat> not, um, you know, not making personal record of them myself, especially when they become really deep and you start to learn things and, you know, what you're seeing. And I'm very nonchalant about it. And, but what is fascinating is like, for example, um, I know you saw him before when he was trying to set up this technical stuff mm -hmm. and Rob, uh, he's the administrator of like, he takes care of all my appointments and that sort of mm -hmm. stuff. Sure. And he, was in the office one day and we were supposed to go out. I was going to go with him because I had some errands to run also. Uh, now he lost his older brother who is, you know, he would not shy away from saying my best friend, like you guys. And um, 
you know, it's still like haunts him every year when sure. the anniversary of his passing. He was only 34. He had pancreatic cancer. Horrible. Know, Horrible. He didn't last long once that was discovered. And anyway, I've done sessions for him. And he has said to me, which I kind of like, I'm cynical. I scoff at it. He says, I can't believe the things you do. You take on his personality. And I'm like, yeah, that's nice. Whatever. As long as you like, he's good. Um, but anyway, I complained one time that I feel in a sense cheated that I'm never on the receiving line mm. of getting something that would knock me on my rear end, you know, from somebody and to make me feel more confident about it because people, you know, I look at it this way. And even if people don't believe it, when I kick the bucket, one of two things are going to happen. Either I'm going to go into the perpetual light in a lovely place, or I'm going to be six feet under, and that's the end of it. Right. So I figure if that be the case, heads or tails, I win. Right. One way or the other. You know, there's no around it. But I mean, you've had, you've done 50 years of sessions. Would, aren't you kind of convinced right now that it's, you've told us stuff, George, over the years that no one, no one on planet Earth would know nobody you couldn't research it you couldn't find it on a facebook page aren't you convinced that there's something so much bigger than than this meat suit well i do agree because of the ability i do feel that there is a place to go to and that the physical body is shed and you do move on mm -hmm. so um i you know, do believe that there is, but I have to be honest that that's 98% of me, 2% of me, if I'm six feet under and that's the end of it, I'm not going to be heartbroken. That's right. amazing to hear. Yeah, that, yeah. That, 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 I mean, that's, uh, that's astounding to hear from you. I would have never have guessed that. <laughs> yeah. It's just, you know, but that's why I say heads or tails, I win, you right. know, one way or the other. Yeah. Either way, we'll be fine. Yeah. But getting back to what I was telling you, because it, kind of made the hairs on the back of my neck go up. I'm in the kitchen. He's in the office. He can hear me. And whoever it was did not identify themselves in any way. And I see now why they didn't, because that would force me to question. But a male, young male presence came around me and felt him very strong around me. And he just said to me, ask Twinkle Toes if he's ready to go run the errands yet. So I just yelled out, hey, Twinkle Toes, are you ready to run the errands yet or what? And next thing I hear is he says to me, I can't believe you just said that to me. And I thought I heard his feelings or something. I said, I'm only joking around with you. And he says, no, because my brother which I had never heard him saying. I'll be the first one to say, oh, no, you told me that. I know you did. Right. His brother used to joke with him and call him Twinkle Toes. Oh, my God. And I said to him, well, that I'll admit you never, ever said to me or told me in all the years I've known you. And furthermore, the soul that came to me, it was a young male, but he never said it was his brother. 
And I think the reason he didn't say it was his brother is because I would immediately let, immediately let my cynicism take over and say, I'll oh, see this is old horseman. Now. You know, yeah, ha, 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 he's joking around with you. So then I have to sit back and say, that kind of knocked me on my butt. And I have to sit back and say, now, where did that come from? Out of right. nowhere. Right. Do you see them? Do you physically see spirit? At times, but mostly feeling. Even the communication is feeling. You feel the voice. You feel what they're saying. Um, That's like the natural form of communication. Yeah, it's you feel it here in the heart, you know. And even the cat that was just here, when I one of my cats had passed away, that had gone to the shelter to adopt another Sorry one. Sorry to hear that. Oh, it was a while. It was this year, but oh, it was heartbreaking. That's the only yeah. time you see me cry. <laughs> pets, one pets where the pass. animals pass. Yeah. It's so heartbreaking. It is. Um, but anyway, we were in the little shelter, and we had been looking around. A friend decided to go with me, and I didn't want a kitten. I wanted a cat. I wanted a cat who had been spayed, you know, an adult, so I don't have to, you know, worry about them clawing all over the place or whatever. And I walked into the room of cats and her eyes locked with mine and she walked toward me and I walked toward her. It was instant. You knew it. And I felt a voice in here say, oh my gosh, it's so nice to see you again. Wow. Wow. And she must have known it too, because it's like, it just was like we knew each other and we, I was glad to see that you can hook up with them again, that they find you. And it was a sad commentary for her because she had been adopted out um, as a foster at times to see how people mm -hmm. would like her. And she kept being brought back. And I don't know what happened to it, but found a um, video on um, one of the Facebooks or something Mm -hmm. where she had just been brought back again from another foster home. Mm -hmm. And the other cat I adopted with her, he was licking her in the cage. And you could see the depression on her face because I guess she had been brought back again. And she's thinking, um, you know, nobody loves me. And I, I always say to her, I'm glad they did bring you back because now you're back with me again where you belong. Mm -hmm. But... Um, you know, that's, you know, made me wonder, you know, these things happen to me when I'm caught off guard. If I do see somebody in spiritual form, which is rare, I will see animals in this house from in spiritual form when mm -hmm. I least expect it. Cats mostly because I've mostly had cats. Mm -hmm. But one night I had gotten up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom and I never put the lights on and, you know, I'm walking toward the bathroom. All of a sudden I stopped dead in my tracks because I saw a cat laying in front of me and I was afraid I was going to kick into it. And, you know, screeched to a halt, as they say. And as I looked down, the apparition just vanished. Oh, my God. And but people I may see at times out of the corner of my eye. Right. Uh, I always advise people, if you feel you're seeing somebody, a loved one out of the corner of your eye, um, don't suddenly turn to look at them. Just stay put and look at them out of the corner of your eye. Because 
for some reason, if you turn abruptly, they think they frightened you and it makes them disappear. Wow. Interesting. Um, but I can only think of a few times years ago that I did see someone's loved one appear where I was able to describe them accurately. But I think, again, I've become, you know, I'm still very cynical about everything. So I question everything, like whether it's real or not. Mm -hmm. You well, know, we have been taught to believe this is, you know, a lot of horse manure or a lot of. You could say shit. You could say shit, George. It's okay. Horse manure sounds more dignified. <laughs> sure. That is true. So growing up, your journey um, as as a medium, what was it? In, was it easy for you to make this your career? Um, not really. There are sometimes. I mean, I'm sure you know. I worked for the telephone company for ten years, always in communications, and um, <laughs> had. I was carrying doing two jobs. I was doing this and working for the phone company nine to five. And anybody who knows me knows I ain't an early riser. So after 10 years with the phone company, I, I did catch a really bad cold and I couldn't get my rear end out of bed. And something said to me, you're just going to have to have faith in yourself and faith in the universe and just resign and do this on a full-time basis, which I did do. And over the years, yes, you know, fees have to go up, taxes go up, everything sure. goes up. You know, when somebody whines at me, like, you know, they came to me when I was charging 50 bucks and, you know, I'll say to myself, well, you know, are you making the same salary now that you did then? Right. Of course not. Your salary has gone up. And, you know, then you have the other people who try to, I think, emotionally blackmail you in the name of religion because, oh, you're doing God's work. Nobody's ever come to me and told me I was doing God's work. I'm doing my job. That's how I look right. upon it. And they do expect from over there that we do have to survive. And the government doesn't want to hear that you're doing God's work when you can't pay your income tax. They don't give a you-know-what if you lost your arm and your leg. Right. They want that money in on time and in full. So until somebody can tell me uh, where else I can get it from, it doesn't grow on trees. And, you know, I have people that work for me that have to be paid. I don't expect them to do God's work voluntarily. As I said to somebody one time, like, what do you do for a living? And she told me, I said, oh, so you do that for free, right? Well, no. I said, well, you should, you know, that's, you know, what's expected of you. So we have to be realistic. And um, I think a lot of people don't even realize since the pandemic, I've gone down in the faith. Right, right. And um, because of the pandemic and also because, um, you know, it's a matter of survival, but... Um, George, let me ask you a quick question. I just want to I shift gears, but it's, it's all related. If you're in Starbucks and obviously you're not going anywhere now, or if you are going anywhere, I hope you're masking up. I kind of oh, yeah. would, would assume you would be. Um, 
do does spirit talk to you and like the barista is like helping you out and you're like do you feel compelled to tell people or you don't get involved in that at all on the street uh yeah i at times may have picked things up but to be honest with you again i don't want to sound snooty by saying this um someone's loved one coming to me in a pizza parlor yeah i would find that kind of disrespectful okay to the loved one and right. to the individual um i remember one time on a book tour they had the you know book audience for the signing in this section yeah of the book tour and you know they had me next to the coffee stand and i kept hearing that coffee thing going off and whatever and i just was so uncomfortable because i said this is the height of ill respect toward those who have passed on your loved ones and the ability mm -hmm. and the souls don't come to me and say xyz don't do that or do this but i do know one thing that it is my responsibility to make sure that the ability is treated with reverence and respect not me the ability that's and beautiful loved ones that's beautiful you know and that they will get on my rear end about you know that you don't you know, the one time they wanted me to do a book signing in Costco, and I told them no way. Right. Because people expect that you'll do sessions, which, you know, is par for the course. Right. And, but it's not the proper atmosphere as far as I'm concerned. Like, mm -hmm. I certainly would not go to someone's wake dressed like this. Right. This is not proper attire for a wake or a funeral. Although when I see people nowadays, the way they dress for a wake at a funeral, I don't know, you know, we were raised by wolves. Um, but there are certain traditions and respectabilities that have to be observed. And this is one of them. Interesting. Um, I don't, I would never be on a supermarket line and say something to somebody. Gotcha. That to me would be a time and a not proper. Yeah. So uh you speckled this throughout what you were talking but kind of law of attraction the universe is that stuff true do your thoughts create things you know because from my understanding that when you're in the afterlife you can basically snap your fingers and have you know a 10,000 square foot house or you live whatever life that you want to live over there um do we have those abilities here I think we do. I think some people have it better than others. Like you all are great examples. You both are very positive. Mm -hmm. Thank you, George. Yes. Your family is very positive, considering, yeah. you know, what like your granddad had gone through and everything. You're still very positive people. I was raised in a negative household. So I'm inclined to be more pessimistic um you're never gonna have enough money or yeah. because my parents both came from the great depression um all i can remember is them bitching and moaning that there was never enough money or this or that oh it's it was quite the dysfunctional atmosphere and where i've always gotten the impression like your dad and your family has never been afraid of a challenge or a 100%. change yes. where i like 
routine. I get that from my father. I don't like my routine interrupted or out of balance. Everything has to fall neatly into place. And sometimes it may not work that way. And sometimes that may be holding me back from what a great potential may be there. But I also have to think, do I really want that? You know, do I want stardom? No. Clearly, um, right. Did you, did you ever? I thought at one time I did, but now over the years, especially at this age, it's not anything I'm interested in. Mm -hmm. um, there were times, you know, I'd go out to buy a jar of mayonnaise and somebody recognized me. And I don't want to sound like I'm being rude, but I'd be like, oh, my God, here we go again. <laughs> and it's I just want to be left alone. That's why for me, the pandemic, and I don't say this in ill respect, but it was great. <laughs> Because I was confined when we had lockdown, I was confined to the house. Netflix and food, yes, yep. I, 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 we totally Couldn't get go it. Go out, stay home with the cats, work on, do my sessions by phone. Thank God, because that carried me over. Yep. But I was just so my neighbor next door just like would laugh at me. She says, "You're loving this because you don't like, which in a way you don't. I'm not a people person. You don't like people. You don't like going out." If I get the invitation in the mail for a party, I'm like, oh, my God, how am I going to get out of this? Um, so the lockdown was ideal for me. It's amazing. I We spoke about law of attraction real briefly, and this is kind of this is going to kind of segue into what you told me back in June. I don't know if you remember our sessions. I don't know even know if you remember like every single thing that you say in every session, but our, my dad came through. Mm -hmm. And before my dad passed, I said, dad, when you get there, wherever there is, you have to tell me the secrets of the universe because that's what we're into. Right. And I feel Eric and I feel such a huge connection to our father, even now, even though he's not here mm -hmm. and he came through and he started talking about the archangels mm -hmm. and he started talking about the Kabbalah and he started mm -hmm. talking about stuff that we were just, we would kind of roll our eyes and if he was alive. He would have never brought it up when mm -hmm. he was alive. And we, we, we wouldn't expect you to come and go. You know, Michael, you should look into the Kabbalah. You should look into the archangels because, like, you know, that's that was not in our wheelhouse. It was the law of attraction. Mm -hmm. It was the universe stuff. But then we started researching the archangels, Michael, Raziel, mm -hmm. um, you know, Kamiel, and like we started praying to them. And I bought this book with you and my dad when we were doing the session, the seventy-two angels of magic, mm -hmm. and the speed at which the archangels work oh, is. Yeah is frightening it's, it's amazing it's, especially it, when you ask for things within reach oh yeah have you Definitely. so you told me you were taking notes because you wanted to know the secrets of the universe too do you feel that the archangels are legit like do, have you did you know about them before that session are you are do you know about the archangels if they're work this quickly um well, again, in Catholic school, we were encouraged to pray to the holy angels, but it was really, I just never realized there were so many out right. there, archangels mm -hmm. and angels. I mean, right. endless. Yeah. Um, we only were, the only ones I remember hearing about in catechism were, you know, Michael, Gabriel, Raphael, right. and uh, I can't remember the other one was. Or yeah, Uriel or such, but right, right. um, 
you know, the primary archangels, I guess I'd call them. But um, yeah, they're, you know, I have, I'm not saying this does, you know, sound asinine, but I definitely have a few friends over there from what I've learned that if in need. Yes. Um, if it's something far reaching, like, you know, make me win the lottery this week, not going to happen. No, no. Um, if it's something like, well, you know, help me with my artwork, you know, something like this, that yeah. I want to remortgage my, I want to remortgage my house. Can you make this go quickly? Yeah. Or something like, like that. that, you know, yeah. you know, that's sensible right? and accessible easily. And somebody could turn around and say, oh, well, you just make it happen yourself. Right. But, um, even so, if that's my higher self making it happen, with their influence or help or encouragement, I don't see anything wrong with that. Right. But there have been things um, many times in sessions where um, I did one on the radio the other night, uh, podcast I did, you back again? Um, and uh, this, the one thing that's caught my attention recently is when they insist from over there. Uh, a woman randomly got through on the phone. And as the session progressed, I, I think I kind of screwed it up a little bit in the beginning because three males had come forward. And, you know, you have to really, like Judge Judy says, put your listening ears on and pay yeah. attention to what they're saying. And this woman, it turned out, um, a male presence came through. It was a young male presence. And he kept calling to father or dad. So, of course, if you were me, what are you going to think? You'd think, oh, she lost her dad. Right. So I brought that up. And um, I don't remember where the kerfuffle happened. But, you know, she heard this. I heard that. Um, and then finally she interrupted me. She says, you know, my father is not passed on. My father is still on, on the earth. And I said, well, then why would this soul come through and call out to your dad and say something about being the real McCoy, which is usually the signal for me. It's him. Right, right. So as the session progressed, it turned out that she had indeed i heard somebody saying something about son oh it's like they're talking among themselves over there and i'm like you know one at a time right and it turned out she had lost her brother and it was her brother that was calling to dad in the beginning he must have realized he screwed me up because he backed off a little bit right but anyway um him and the dad had a bad relationship and he he said you know whether his dad believes this or not, he was extending to him the olive branch to kind of close the gap of their lack of communication. Right. And, you know, the son said, you know, we grew up in a dysfunctional home. And I said that to the female. And she said, oh, yeah. I said, oh, yeah, they're fun, aren't they? And, um, but anyway, through the session, and you'd think after all these years, I'd learned my lesson. I kept hearing the name Ruth. And I made up in my mind, heard it, and I said, ah, she prob that's probably not going to hit a home run with her. It's probably just me, you know, daydreaming. Right. 
This woman for a full hour would not get off my back. She kept coming back and coming back. So finally, the session started to, you know, they started to give me the high sign that they're going to pull back from me. Right. And she came in again. And she said, she really was pissed off. And she said to me, I don't know what your problem is, but is there a reason why you can't give my name out and say I'm here? Well, what's the problem? And so I said, my, I said, my mind is, well, just to shut you the hell up, I'm going to come out and say it before they pull the plug on me and be glad to hear this woman say, no, she doesn't know who it is. So I give out the name. The woman enthusiastically says, yes. I'm like, oh, shit. You know, I've done it again. So. I said to her, passed on. She said, yes, because I always go that way first because I hear right. it from there. Right. And it wasn't anybody here. And I told her, I said, this woman has been on my rear end for the last hour insisting I give the name out and that you would know who it is. And she said she did. She then sent me like a motherly feeling. And I knew her mother hadn't passed on because one mm -hmm. of her grandmothers had told me that her parents are here on the earth. So keep that in mind. So you don't. Mm -hmm you know, screw things up any further. Um, but I said, it's either an aunt, grandmother, something like that, but you know, I'll leave it with you. And she was comfortable with that. Yes, that it applied. But even um, the gal that I work out with at the gym, I was telling her about this and she said, well, that happened when her husband and she had come to me for a session. She said, you kept insisting, somebody was insisting on this name, going to her husband. Her husband mm -hmm. kept saying no. Mm -hmm. And he kept coming back and saying, no, try it again. Yes, yes. Finally, I think it was days later, he remembered it was somebody he'd grown up in the Bronx with that had passed on young. And so that's why do they insist if it's, you know, if it's not, I don't expect people to remember everybody in five seconds. I couldn't do it either. And I can't, wouldn't expect you to remember everybody your mother or father knew in their life. You know, mm -hmm. people they knew from years ago. Right. So, but when they insist, they're right. And 99% right. of the time, they're right. Or that you'll remember later on. And people get back to me and say, you were saying, you know, Joe Blow, whatever, and I kept saying no, and you kept saying yes, he's insisting, and then get back to me and say, oh, no, I realized who it was. So that could happen. Interesting. I read, this is one of my favorite books, The Afterlife Experiments, and people feel like, you know, if you're spiritual, you're not scientific. And this is a science experiment that you were involved in. It was a, a special on HBO. It was by Dr. Gary E. Schwartz. Um, how do like you were scientifically tested and you were at like a 98% accuracy rate and a double blind placebo study or something. What do you say to people who are naysayers, who are detractors who go, nah, or, it's, who are you know, very critical of you and what you do. Right. Well, you know, it, it, I don't expect, I'm not here to convert anybody. And I certainly, I mean, if you want to think it's horse manure, it's horse manure. Right. I mean, I can't, nobody on this planet, can say 100% they know for a fact that there's an afterlife. Right. Nobody, no right. religious figure, 
no pizza man, nothing. Right. This that's why I said I leave that two percent of skepticism or cynicism cynicism within my mind. Um, I mean, eventually I'm gonna find out one way or another. We all are. Right. But until that day comes, right now, yeah, I'm pretty sure there's some place to go to. But as I said to you, if not heads or tails, I win. So and if in the meantime, what I feel is the ability can give an individual some sort of peace of mind about their loved ones and cut, you know, break the ice, you know, make right. them feel better, help them to sleep better tonight. Wonderful. Because I say to myself, they're going to find out eventually too. And if it's not true when they pass on, and Johnny's not there to welcome his mom over. She's not going to know the difference anyway. Right. She's just going to go into nothingness, so, which I, I don't think is true. Right. Because I do feel we are energy. And this is just the shell we wear for where we are now and what right. we're doing. But I, I heard somebody uh, contacted on face, my Facebook page the other day and said to me, you know, that the uh, James Randi had recently passed on. Yes. Uh, oh, really? This month. Yeah. Yeah. And they said, oh, you know, he had, did you ever take his million dollar challenge and whatever? You know, as far as I was concerned, the only regret I have, I really wanted to meet him because I really wanted to pick his brain. Because I'll be honest with you, many of the things that he believed in, I agreed with. Right. You know, his feelings on, you know, you know, he came out publicly, he's an atheist. Yep. I don't believe in a God over there, like a being or something. So does that make me an atheist? Right. Kind of. But, I mean, it's not a guy on a throne saying you're good, you're bad, you're good, yeah, you're bad. Exactly. That's so, it's, it's a cute little fairy tale, but it's a fairy tale. Right. And so the woman said like, oh, he didn't believe mediums could communicate with so-called blah, 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 blah. I guess she was looking for my response to that. And I just said, my re I wrote to the uh, public relations gal and I said, put this down as this is my response. Um, rest in peace and may the perpetual light shine upon you. Mm -hmm. That's it. I'm not going to criticize him or say, oh, well, he was that. No, because he had, I think, I read on Google to find he had passed on from a stroke, some sort of natural causes. Mm -hmm. But he um, he wrote his two, what he felt his two definitions about being an atheist. And he said he leaned more toward his second definition as to why he was an atheist. And I actually agreed more with his first one, but uh, which was funny. But he, um, you know, that's how he felt. Right. He said he never at any time saw any real profound evidence of a God. Right. If, we get it. If you say to me, God is love and light, that I'll agree with you on. If you say mm -hmm. to me, God is somebody like Santa Claus sitting over there on a throne holding a scepter and trafficking us through the universe, that to me is bull. Right. 
So they're more anti-religion, like the Penn and Tellers, the the Amazing Randys, you know, the Chris Angels. Those guys are more anti-religion, which is not necessarily a terrible thing. I'm yeah, not, we're not anti so. right. We're not anti-religion either, but you know, I think we've been fed a lot of baloney. Oh a, yeah, a lot of it throughout the years. I mean, when I think back to the things that I mean, I went to real Catholic school. You know, right. nuns wear hat, wore habits. It was none of this hippie stuff like today, and. um even um, even the uh, woman that was recently assigned to the Supreme Court, she's going around saying she's a Catholic. And I said to the TV, you're full of horsemen. You're not a Catholic. You're a charismaniac Catholic or a charismatic Catholic. Right. But I would want to say to her, you're a Catholic. I want to hear the seven gifts of the Holy Ghost right now. Right. All seven. I bet you she couldn't answer me because she belongs to this group called people of praise, which immediately sends up a red flag for somebody like me. Right. That they're Pentecostalists or evangelical um, Christians that mm -hmm. have slimed their way into the Catholic church. I don't think, um, and he's supposed to be an incorruptible and I think it's horse manure. Um, Pope John the 23rd, I don't think he realizes the destruction he caused mm -hmm. when he called Vatican II and changed this and, and then Paul the Sixth followed. And <clears throat> you know, I would want to say <clears throat> whether it's the Pope or not, I'd rather say, when did God die and leave you people in charge? You know. George, when you're doing a reading, you move your hand. You 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 um move your hand a lot on a pad. I remember you used to circle. I remember years ago you would circle and then like in the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years or something, you just kind of move your pen around. What does that do? What's what's it's the reason just for a that? It's a form of distraction. Okay. You know, people used to think that, you know, oh, some ghost under, you know, have you under there? I'm like, no, it's just me. I'm in complete control of myself. Right. Um, I'm a fidgety person. You know, as you can tell, I don't sit still. Right. Um, I'm always moving. You know, when I was in high school, I hated geometry class, and now I'm fascinated by it. Right. And a lot of my artwork reflects um, geometric, you know, symbols like triangles and right angles and things of this nature. So I guess you become interested in it when you decide you're interested in it, Do you not believe because somebody's shoving it down your throat. Do you believe in sacred geometry? Yes, I do. Yeah. Um, I did look up on that. Um, I got, I believe I got it on Amazon um, where it lists who your archangel would be when you were born. And mine turned out to be Metatron. Oh, wow. And he's the one that Metatron's cube. Yes. And I look into Dronvalo, look in Dronvalo Melkadijic or something. He uh -huh. wrote, he wrote the book and there's a video on uh, YouTube called sacred geometry. It's called the sacred geometry movie. We follow this band uh -huh. tool and they, they believe in all of that stuff. The drummer like believes in sacred geometry, but, um, uh -huh. this guy named Dronvalo wrote the book on, on like the book of life, the Kabbalah. Yeah. And, what and they say that I believe Metatron was supposed to have lived the, on the earth and was actually yes. Enoch. Yes, yes. And then when he passed away, that God or the, the perpetual light elevated him 
Yes. To an archangel because of his exceptional life he lived here. Yeah. So um, I do, and I do admit, I do have a, you know, I found it on Amazon. I do have a statue of Metatron holding the cube in my room. And a lot of times I will wear the cube. Yeah. Um, you know, instead of a distinct, you know, religious symbol, but I always, you know, have something on that um, connects me with, I feel it's a spiritual connection, but um, I do, I've been investigating into like sacred geometry because of the different symbols that it has in it. And yep. You know, the other day I did an art piece and I didn't know what to do. And I was like, you know, will somebody give me some inspiration? And it was inspired just to do triangles all over an art uh, paper. And I did triangles all over the place. And I just colored them in. And I said, you know, then I found an applique of irises and I connected it to the, uh, you know, put the irises on it. Right. And it looks like, you know, irises in a garden of triangles, you know. And It's amazing. Uh, thing like that but yeah it's um that seems to be you know i'll do abstracts but i seem to like to do geometrics a great deal now too as i did in the past more so so you're selling your artwork correct yes and i've noticed on facebook you're kind of are you decluttering like your house oh yeah Oh, like you're, oh, yeah, yeah, you're selling like every oh, day. There's something the, new for I sale. Knew I had so many of them, you know, um, you got to remember 12 years of Catholic school, you know, and those things were, you know, in four, you know, not pushed on us, but it became part of your life and part of your, your cultural upbringing, you know, and plus, um, I was shocked because I thought my my father would go to mass with us every Sunday. I thought he, like his sister, had converted to Catholicism and he hadn't. He was Church of England. He was an Anglican. Mm -hmm. And um, the only I found out when I was in my early 20s when he had his first heart attack and the Episcopal priest came to see him at Good Samaritan Hospital. I waited for left. I said, Dad, what you know, why didn't you have you know the Catholic priest come? because I'm not Catholic. You're not? That's news to me. <laughs> but I said, you had the Episcopal priest come. Not there's anything wrong with that. They're more Catholic today than the Catholics were. And he said that, no, he says, I'm Episcopalian. I said, oh, okay. I thought you had converted, but who cares? But my mother was, you know, definitely, what are you doing, crazy cat? Um, but my mother, she was like gung-ho, you know, super duper Catholic. And I think, I often think because she had been married more than once that um, there was a little bit of a guilt trip there mm -hmm. because her older sister who lived to be the eldest of the siblings, she lived to 93. She had a very unhappy marriage and her eldest sister, they ended up, her eldest daughter, I mean, they ended up not speaking because she was always on her ass. She was kind of more like a Randy type, you know, about mm -hmm. getting a divorce and whatever. And she wouldn't do it because the church said it was a no-no. And 
you know, I do think, you know, that's kind of silly. <laughs> I have a sim I have a symbol on my wall. Speaking of symbols, I want to I'm going to take it off the wall now. My brother bought this for me for my birthday. Hold on one second. Okay. She oh, she yeah, she's walking around on your uh, table. I knew there. she was going to get on one way or another. <laughs> this is the Archangel Raziel symbol, and it's oh, the yeah, seven. Oh yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, you, I have that in my bedroom, as a matter of fact. And do you, you you gave us this as a as a gift for my father? Oh, my the seal of the seven archangels. The seal yeah. of the seven archangels. In yeah. one session, um, you 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 bought that for uh, you, my, our dad. Apparently, made you buy that for us. Yeah, because we're studying. You know, we're kind of students now of the Kabbalah and the archangels, and kind of like learning about other. I always liken like the law of attraction to elementary school, and like the Kabbalah and the archangels, like as the PhD. I mean, that stuff is so. It's the learning is unlimited. Oh, I like the fact, too, that your dad didn't like, he presented it to you, but he didn't, like, force it. He let you find it for yourself. Oh, yeah. Way it's supposed to yeah, be. you brought it up to my mom originally, and we were kind of like, you know, like, oh, okay. And then we didn't take it seriously, and then Michael went, and then it got brought up again, and mm -hmm. then we're like, oh, you know, let's buy the books, and then we bought 54 books. You yeah, know, like well, each, each of us bought a copy. Sent it to you, right? And they it's don't up present to you. it to every Tom, Dick, and Harry. Right. So I would say, and I'm not saying this to make you sound conceited, but apparently there had to be a reason he made sure I present. You know, he presented it with me as the instrument to you all that mm -hmm. you you were in the right time and right frame of mind to um, receive the information. Oh. It was thank, thank you, thank was, you, because it, it was like it was well needed right at this moment. It yeah, definitely it's the was. same thing like in a session, like this woman I did by a phone on the podcast a few nights ago. Um, and again, nothing to do with religion. I give them the title they earned, just like I called my dentist doctor last week, right? And I said to this because I saw St. Barbara up here. And I said to this woman, I didn't mention anything about St. Barbara. And I said, I just have to say this. You've been feeling stuck lately, like a rock in a hard place, almost like you feel like you're in prison. And she said, yes. I said, I'm not saying you're an Alcatraz. Well, I don't think you would be anyway. There's nobody there anymore except the ghosts. But um, in any case, I explained for them. I said, nothing to do with religion, so don't think that. But St. Barbara appears, and St. Barbara usually reaches out in compassion when somebody feels stuck, um, like rocking a hard place. Like she's in Catholicism, she's the patroness of prisoners, among other things. But um, the woman said yes, and I just told her, I said, you know, you can go on, Google her, and YouTuber and find out if you want to find information about her. But, you know, certainly understand this. I'm, I feel her around you coming to you like it's a guardian angel saint. However, it, you can ask her to help you to help yourself, but you have to do it yourself. Right. Ultimately, um, she's not going to wave a magic wand over there and make things go <clears throat> the way you would want. So she understood that. But those souls I think are high in the perpetual light and even one time St. Barbara had expressed that she had gone down to, 
to the lower levels. They can go to the lower levels, but the people at the lower levels can't go up into their neighborhood until they earn it mm-hmm. of their own selves. But anyway, she had gone there, down there in compassion to try to administer to them. And, you know, some people she had some luck with others, you know, take a hike, sister. They weren't interested. So, um, but that's, you know, it's all up to them. What's it like over there? What's it like in the light? What's heaven like? What have you seen and heard? Well, the one thing I've learned recently that it's ruled by the seven fruits of the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. And if you, I think if if you can't find them, if you Google, because I think I tried to Google them one night and they didn't come up. And I found my old Baltimore catechism in the basement the other day. And I had gone through it and it has no mention of the seven fruits. It does have the seven gifts. Mm-hmm. The only one of the seven gifts I have a problem with is the seventh one that states fear of the Lord. I don't like the word fear. Mm-hmm. That suggests negativity. Mm-hmm. So I complained to them over there. I said, you know, I'm not too keen on that one. Is there, you know, what would, give me an idea of what would be better. They said, how about love of the Lord? I said, yes, that I'm okay with. Right. You love me, I love you. Wonderful. You know, that's better. But fear is a negativity and it promotes and suggests other negativity. Why should, if, you know, we've been taught since I was knee high, you know, God loves us no matter what, why should we be afraid? And so many of these, you know, evangelical Protestants and Catholics, you know, everything's about fear and danger and the devil and sin and, you know, the bad guy, the boogeyman's out there somewhere and he's going to get you. And I just don't believe that. I'd rather focus on the highest and the best as what they encourage in the hereafter and has nothing to do with organized religion. Mm -hmm. And the highest and the best, if you get a chance if you Google seven fruits of the Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit and you can't really find them, I did go on Etsy again and I keyed in seven fruits of the Holy Spirit and mm-hmm. a load of things came up. Interesting. And they had them all listed. Um, <clears throat> so I found one of my pictures of the from Catholic School of the Holy Ghost. I'll be I'll be putting up soon i wrote the seven fruits on the back of it because nobody's really heard of them i never heard of them no i don't know that was the first time i've ever heard it and what's this thing that came up oh low battery okay (laughs) we'll wrap it up in a george are you are you planning on retiring probably not okay good i wouldn't yeah i wanted i wanted to ask that yeah Yeah. i wanted to to ask like what's your like your five you know five ten year plan goal yeah i i don't think especially living in new york you can't retire 100 unless you are a multi-billionaire right you know and i mean if i win the mega million someday up ahead which i doubt um i probably still wouldn't because believe it or not this is good for me because i may not feel well and yet once i start to do a session it takes me into that. I just, I want to just say, I want to say this before your battery runs out. 10 years ago, I went to you with my wife and you said, I see a microphone and a headset and I see you in front of cameras. Mm-hmm. And I Here see this. 
Yeah. And here we are. That would have been an around the corner prediction. Yep. Yeah, it was literally, I'm not joking, 10 years ago where I thought I was going to be a movie director or something like that. And, and you said, you're not making Nightmare on Elm Street 36. I see you motivational speaking with a microphone in front of an audience. Yeah. And, Jeez, and I don't remember that, but that's great to hear. I have yeah. every one of your sessions transcribed. Every yeah, my, medium Michael, of my... Yeah. yeah, Michael transcribes my sessions, my wife's sessions. She has a, she has something coming up with you in January. And uh, you've been you've yeah. been the you you've been a spiritual re report card for for our family, but and just the instrument, just no, the instrument. Yeah, yeah. Yes, but you, yeah. you you are when when our father was on his deathbed, and we said, "Dad, we'll see you over at George." He knew exactly what had to be done when yeah. when the time came, and you you've been such a huge part of our family, and for that, you know, we're grateful to be. Oh, likewise, know, we're grateful thank to know you, you for that. Thank yeah. You. But yeah. the thing is, I think what was cool about your dad when he got over there, he really was having a field day. Yep. Yes. You know, it's like a whole different vista open to him of yes. things he had never thought of before. And um, that I would say I would look forward to. I hope my relatives don't mind that I'm, I say all the time, I hope my cats come first to welcome me over. Um, <laughs> And no relatives, but um, did you feel my our dad at all during our reading? I don't want to. I don't want a free reading, but did you feel? Oh him no, at no, all? I know. Um, I would say yes that I could feel him kind of listening, mm -hmm. but I mean, you two are the apples of his eyes. Thank you, thank you. And that was just said by him, so I'm just <laughs> passing it on. And he just is so proud of the two of you that you're positive you're responsible you have like chutzpah that i wouldn't have thank you your your father knows that and admires that because he was a hard-working man too yes he was and yes, he, he was. wasn't afraid you know of challenge or let's change this or let's do that where again me i like to stay stay in my safe little box and maybe one of these days I'll have the courage to come out of it. The the amount of reinvention that we've done in the past eight months has been, I've never thought that we had it in us. The, the amount that we've had to do because of the pandemic and because of the changes that we had to make has, has truly been life-changing. And, and um, he's been guiding us. And, you yeah. know, it's, it's yeah. been through you. It's been, you know, it's you, the instrument, saying, you know. They help you to help yourself. You know, that's exactly right. You know, and you find it for yourself, and he knows you're capable of doing that. Yeah. So he's not going to hesitate to share with you these things that I find run of the mill from upbringing where you weren't necessarily brought up with that. Because, right. you know, I know um, from him, you, you didn't grow up in a super duper Judaic household, but it nope. was um, spiritual. Yes. You know, and it was, it did signify, you know, he told me, you know, certain holy days and holidays might be signified. Because I remember um, somebody who had come to me one time that it came up that he was Judaist and he basically didn't believe in an afterlife when he was here on the earth. And um, he said that from over there, he had said to his family that, was having the session, remember to pray for me on Yom Kippur. I know that sounds silly because I didn't believe in anything. 
Right. But yet, why would we pay attention to that high holy day and pray for the so-called dead? He said, it doesn't yeah. make sense. Right. You know, where are they? Why are we right. praying for them? Right. You don't pray for them just because, you know, you want to hit a home run. You just, you know, I said, that's really a good argument. You know, if, you know, you don't believe that they're somewhere, then why are you praying for them on that one particular day? Right. And they were like, you know, surprised to hear him request that. But I guess over there, he's come to realize it's not a bunch of hooey under, you know, the auspices of what, you know, the family was brought up with. Mm -hmm. Do you have any more books in the, in the, in the pipe pipeline? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I keep coming across <clears throat> all these different angels I'm reading about, you know, this one will help you if you have a blockage in writing or something like this. And I'm that, like, yes, I keep book. saying, where's the one who helps you with, you know, art and things like that. I have found a few, but, um, writing maybe but um an archangel book by you would be really killer yeah i know and i've also thought i should write down so many things that i've heard and experiences i've heard you have I guess to. I'm just downright lazy no you gotta do it george <laughs> get help help. i think you know i think we're gonna be in quarantine for a quite some for for the next yeah, few I months think so too yeah that you know? virus ain't going anywhere yeah no, no. i i Especially when you hear people in the neighborhood having, you know, kids are over, you know, having a party with 300 kids. Yeah. And you can tell because there's beer cans all over the street. I was walking, I was walking down my, I was taking a walk with my kids and I saw a, a bottle of Corona by like a, in like a sewer. And I'm like, look, I found Corona and I found the coronavirus in our town. <laughs> oh, it's just people just don't, especially Americans, man, they just don't. Like, look at Spain and Italy, and I think France, they're all back on lockdown again. I think Britain is going to go back on lockdown. Is it, so is it permanent, George? Are the spirits telling you, like, that? Like this is it, this is the new way of life, and just get used to it? I hope not. They okay. haven't really said anything. And I think the okay. reason they haven't said anything is because they have said people don't listen. Right. You know, you, you're going... You know, over the summer on the 4th of July, you're having 300 people over your house for a barbecue, nobody social distancing. No, you know, people don't take it seriously. Right. You know? Right. And, you know, I don't think the government takes it seriously. So what do you expect people to do? We're in a, we're, I mean, I know this is going to be airing in a few weeks, but the, the election we're, was last night, supposedly the election. We're still mm -hmm. waiting on, you know, the next uh, few yeah, days. Yeah, we don't know, you know, if it's business as usual or somebody new. What have they told out. you? What have they told you? Any predictions? Um, is it going to well, be Trump again? To be honest yeah. with you, um, they get, you know, they did give the impression that, you know, it would be somebody new. I do hope they're right because I think we do need a breath of fresh air, definitely. But we'll, mm. we'll see, I guess, in the next few days. We shall George, see. George, thank, where? Hopefully. Yeah. Thank can, you for, go ahead, Eric. Thank you for coming on. First of all, it oh, was really the, the minute when we started this podcast 18 months ago, we knew we wanted to get you on at some point. So this has really been a fulfilling dream of ours. Uh, where can people find you? Um, well, for those people who do know how to use a computer, uh, georgeanderson.com, you know, and the right. art and the sacramentals are up on eBay when I put them up and 
miraculously, I had three minimalist pieces and they weren't really getting any action. Only one of them had a watcher on it and then that fizzed out. So I called on one of the little friends over there last Thursday night and I said, come on, can you get somebody to, you know, so I clear <laughs> these things that move things along. Yeah. And next day they were sold. Love it. So as you said, for things that aren't that far reaching, they do seem to come in pretty quick. That's no, very really comforting. Cool. George, okay. thank you. You've been so instrumental in our lives and you've been a, a friend, a mentor. Um, and we tell everyone to go get a reading with you because uh, you know, you're the truth and we're we're grateful that we know you. Oh, thank you. That's very kind of you. But thank them. I'm just the instrument. <laughs> thank Appreciate you, Dad. <laughs> we do. We do come through. Yeah. Do. All right. We're going to sign off. Hang out for two seconds, George. I'm going to play the outro. Okay. And uh, Everybody like, subscribe, go to georgeanderson.com. Go get a reading with this gentleman. It will change your life. Guaranteed. Love you all. Thank you. Bye everybody. Thank you.